Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. There's a question that we ask lots of times in the Christian church that is an important question and that I hope you have an answer to today. And that question is, let me know if you've ever heard it or if anybody's ever asked you or if you've ever asked anybody else. The question is, if you die tonight, do you know where you will be tomorrow? You ever heard that question? I grew up in the church in the, well, I didn't grow up in the church, but spiritually I grew up in the church um, in Denton uh, when I was, started going to church when I was 18, um, started being curious about Jesus at like 16 or 17, um, and then I met some buddies, I met some friends of mine um, now that are really, really close, valued friends of mine who shared the Lord with me, who told me about salvation, um, who told me about forgiveness. I had a guy ask me that same question one night, and I said, buddy, I ain't gonna lie, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> he said, and I remember, never forget his next question. He said, why don't you live with Jesus? I said, buddy, I don't know what that means either. Um, and so he began to share the Lord with me. He began to pray with me. Um, and on May 28th, year 2000, I was in the basement of Denton Westland Church. There used to be um, an office down there. I think it's a classroom now, I think. I'm not sure. But there used to be an office down there. And I found myself kneeling down on the ground with my buddy Scott Simmons and him leading me to the Lord. And on that day, I could answer that question what I knew that if I were to die tonight, I knew what would happen tomorrow. And I think that's an important question, and I hope that you all can answer that question, and I hope you can explain your answer. I hope you know why you, you answer the way that you answer. It's a really important question. However, I want to talk about a slightly different question this morning. Very similar, but slightly different. And that is this question. If you don't die tonight but you wake up tomorrow, do you have the faith and the power to live victoriously for the Lord tomorrow? Because the truth is, there's a chance we could all die tonight. Amen? There's a chance we could all still be breathing tomorrow. And that's what we want, right? <laughs> Amen? All right. Tell the person beside of you, you want to see them tomorrow. I want to talk with you this morning about the answer to the question of, if you don't die tonight, do you have the faith to live victoriously with the Lord um, tomorrow? The first question is so much easier to answer than the second question. Here's why. Because the first question, if that, if that plays out and we die tonight, guess what? Amen. All the better, right? Paul says in Philippians 1, he's trying to choose between going to heaven and being with Jesus or staying there and helping the people. Philippians 1, Paul says, oh, it's much better for me to go to heaven. 
no doubt. If we were to die tonight, we would all be in much better shape tomorrow than we are today. I would have a new back. I would have a new knee. Everything would be great. I would be in shape. I'd probably have a six-pack. I could be able to run for 10 miles without even taking a deep breath. It would be amazing. And Lord willing, I may have a full head of hair when I get to heaven. If the Lord's not willing, I'm okay with that too. However, the harder question there is if we don't die tonight and we wake up tomorrow in a broken world, in a sinful world, separated from God of heaven, with the enemy trying to steal, kill, and destroy, with the enemy trying to pull you away, do we have, do you have the power and the faith to be able to live victoriously for the Lord tomorrow. How many of you know that faith is hard? Faith is hard. Two reasons why faith is hard. Number one is faith is hard because we go through difficult situations. How many of you know today that being a believer, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus is not a get-out-of-jail-free card? It's not an exemption that nothing bad's going to happen to you. When I think about that thought and I think about these principles we're getting ready to talk about, I always think about John the Baptist. Here's why I think about John the Baptist. When you first meet John the Baptist in the Gospels, in the first sections of the Gospels, you see a couple things. One, you see that he was sent by God himself to prepare the way. Isaiah talked about that in the, the prophet Isaiah. He said there's going to be somebody that comes before the Messiah, before Jesus, who's going to prepare the way. That person was John. John was sent by God for a special mission. To prepare the way of Jesus. We see in the Gospels that uh, John the Baptist, he preached repentance. Everywhere he go, he preached repentance. Turn your life around. Turn your life around. Forgiveness. Kingdom of heaven. Uh, their message back in, in, uh, in the Gospels was pretty clear. It was repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. That was it. There was nothing else they preached about. There was nothing else John talked about. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. How would you like it today? If you come in here today and I talked about repentance, it'd be great, right? How would you like it if you come back next week and I talked about repentance? And the next week, and the next, and the next, and the next. That was John the Baptist. He had the privilege of baptizing Jesus. He saw heaven open up. He saw the doves. He heard the, the voice. John the Baptist is the one that said, I am not worthy, I am not fit, I am not honorable, I am not worthy enough to even to untie Jesus' sandals. John the Baptist was a believer. He was sent by God. Jesus says of John the Baptist, in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says of John the Baptist, No other person born of a natural birth, born from a woman, is greater than John. John had his stuff together. Amen? But what we find in Matthew chapter 11 is we see that John found himself in a little sticky situation. John preached repentance. John preached the love of the Lord. He preached forgiveness. He preached uh, the kingdom of heaven. He preached all the good stuff. But in John, or Matthew chapter 11, we see that, by the way, y'all, I got a new Bible this week. Y'all see them big words? They're not as big as I'd usually like them, but they're bigger than most, okay? I got to have big words. I got a new Bible. Feel that thing, Judy. Touch it. 
Got a new Bible this week. It's wonderful. It's an NASB, in case anybody's wondering, 1995 version. I love it so much. Back to Matthew chapter 11. By the way, before we get to Matthew chapter 11, you the Bible I previously had, I don't know if you probably never noticed, but it was brown. It had pages sticking out because two pages in the book of Ephesians got ripped out one time. Um, and if you look, I have not done this one, but if you look in the presented to section of that Bible, it says presented to Michael Jernigan from Jesus Christ on sometime in 2013. Jesus Christ gave me the Bible. I think that's kind of cool. Obviously, you don't. Callie's smiling. She thinks it's, she thinks it's funny that y'all aren't laughing. That's what she thinks is funny. Your mom and daddy may have gave you your Bible. Jesus gave you mine. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's read here. Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. Now when John, while in prison, where's John at? That seems to me like a difficult situation. Amen? Just a quick survey. Anybody ever been to prison? Just check it. Now, when John, while in prison, heard the works of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, meaning Jesus, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? So, we got John, who believed, who preached, who did all the good stuff, who followed, who had faith, who preached repentance, for the kingdom of heaven is near, Matthew, Matthew chapter 11, we see John is in prison in a difficult situation. He had probably been beaten. He's probably chained up. He may have been starving. We don't know. My guess is life in prison in New Testament times was not real easy and was not real favorable for the prisoners. That's a difficult situation. And what we see is that John sent word by his disciples back to Jesus to ask Jesus, Are you the one... Are you the expected one? Are you the Messiah? Now, this is the same John that baptized Jesus. That saw heaven open up, saw the doves come down, and spoke the words, Behold, there goes the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Sometime later, John's in prison. John's facing a difficult situation. And he sends word to Jesus. Are you the one? How many of you know that faith is not easy? There's a, read through the entire Old Testament. Look at all the prophets of God. Look at how they were treated when they spoke for God. You will see most of them were beaten. Most of them were run out of town. Some were killed. Why? Because faith ain't easy. Look at King David. I love the story of King David. I've been reading through David's life the past couple of months. I've been reading through the Psalms and started in Samuel, and I'm going through David's whole life and studying some stuff in David's life. Look at how many good things David did. Killed Goliath, anointed king, did all the good stuff, got the nation of Israel, um, led the nation of Israel, and read through the book of Psalms and notice how many times David says, I was scared to death for my life. I was running for my life. They had me trapped. He taught, says over and over and over again in the book of Psalms, my enemies are, are against me. They're coming against me. They're trying to kill me. Why? Because faith ain't easy. 
Look up sometime in your free time how all the disciples, Jesus' 12 disciples, look up how every one of them died. I'll give you a hint. Every one of them were martyred because of their faith. They were killed because of their faith in Jesus. Say it with me. Faith ain't easy. One of my favorite characters in Scripture is uh, Stephen in the book of Acts. All Stephen was doing in the book of Acts was giving out food to women and widows who needed some extra help. But while he was doing that, he was praying for people, and he was sharing about Jesus, and he was preaching repentance. What happened to Stephen? He got stoned. He got killed. The rocks hitting him in the face. Why? Say it with me. Faith ain't easy. Look at the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was one of the guys who held the coats for the people that were throwing the rocks at Stephen. A couple chapters later, he meets Jesus. Jesus radically changes his life. He starts preaching. What does he preach? Repentance, for the kingdom of heaven is near. What happens to Paul? He was beaten. He was in prison. He was shipwrecked. And maybe worst of all, he was bitten by a snake. Y'all know how I feel about snakes. We don't mess around with snakes. What's the best kind of snake? A dead one. I have people try to tell me you need to have a black snake in your yard. They keep rats away. You know what else keep, keeps rats away? Me. I don't need a snake in my yard. I'll take care of it myself. I don't need no snake. Paul went through all of that. Why? Faith ain't easy. When life gets tough, faith is hard. We don't need to look at any more examples in Scripture. We don't need to look at any more examples in the Bible. Look at your life. When you get a call at 3 a.m. in the morning, faith is hard. When you get a call at 2 a.m. in the afternoon and the receptionist tells you you need to come in to talk to the doctor about your diagnosis, faith is hard. Amen? When you look at your bank account and you don't see much, but then bills keep coming in the mail every month, faith is hard. It's easy to believe when we're on the mountaintop. It's easy to believe, it's easy to have faith and trust and hope in the Lord when everything is going good, when money's in the bank, when I got people around me, when my belly's full and nothing bad's happening. It's hard to believe when you're by yourself. It's hard to believe when you don't have enough. It's hard to believe when it seems like there is no way. It's hard to believe when you got nobody there to love, to hold on to, to hug, and to celebrate with. When life is tough, when you find yourself in a valley, when you find yourself in a difficult situation, tell me when I'm wrong, faith is hard. Faith is also hard when it comes to obeying Jesus. Right? For those of you thinking no, let me ask you something. You have any hard to love people in your life? Do I need to go any further? No. Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. There's two people there that Jesus calls us to love. It's hard to love our neighbor sometimes, right? It's hard to love ourselves sometimes, right? 
When we obey Jesus, faith is hard. Jesus calls us to trust. We have a hard enough time putting trust in people, much less a Jesus in heaven that we can't see. Jesus calls us to submit, to give up. Not easy. Jesus calls us to give. Not easy. The Bible does a really good job, does a really good job, and is very clear about how tough it is and how hard it is to live for Jesus and to have faith in this world. The Bible does not gloss over, thankfully, the Bible does not gloss over how hard it is to be faithful when difficult situations come. The Bible says things like this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus says, I'm sending you out as sheep among what? Wolves. Jesus says, I'm sending you out as a sheep among wolves. Imagine being a sheep in a pack of wolves. We've talked about sheep before when we talked about Psalm 23. Sheep are some of the dumbest animals ever. They've got to have people with them. They've got to have a shepherd with them to lead them. Jesus says, I'm sending you out as sheep to wolves. The only defense mechanism a sheep has is to run. And guess what? Sheep don't run fast. Jesus also says in Matthew chapter 10, he calls us to take up our cross. The cross is an instrument of death. The cross is an instrument of pain. The cross is an instrument of blood. The cross is an instrument of nails. The cross is an instrument of hurt and pain and death. Jesus says, take it up. Jesus also calls us to lay down our life, to lose our life, to give up our life. In John 16, Jesus says, you will have troubles. You will have trials of many kinds. How many of you know today, living in this world, living in this fallen, broken world, the enemy's after you, the demons are after you, the culture is after you, the world's trying to shut you down, faith ain't easy. Amen? Now that's the bad news. As Paul Harvey would say, now for the rest of the story, we get to the good news. Look at Matthew chapter 11. A few verses after we read about John being in prison, we see Jesus say these words in verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is what? And my burden is light. Jesus is talking to people here in Matthew 11 that have been oppressed spiritually, that have been oppressed physically, and he just heard about his buddy John who finds himself in prison, living with some doubt and wondering if Jesus really is the one that was supposed to come. And Jesus says, in full view of everybody, come to me. Come to me. When life is tough, come to me. When you find yourself in those difficult situations, come to me. When faith is hard, come to me. When you're tired, come to me. When you're hurt, 
come to me. When you're heartbroken, come to me. When you're lost, come to me. When you don't see an answer, come to me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to take five minutes, ten minutes total, and talk about Jesus' yoke and Jesus' burden really fast. Number one, when Jesus says, my yoke is easy, Jesus is talking, uh, his yoke is a farm term. You guys know what a yoke is? Does anybody not know? Because I can draw a picture. Okay. Look, real fast. I'm no farm guy. Yes, I live in Denton. No, I've never been on a farm. I don't work well with animals. This is a yoke. I know it looks like a Lego, but it's a yoke. Here's what a yoke does. This is the front part of the yoke. So a yoke, a farmer would take a yoke and put it on two oxes. Oxen. Is that right? Kelly, is that the plural? Oxen. So you would have an ox here, and you would have an ox here. And their bodies would be like back here. Everybody follow? Not only do I not know about farming, I do not know about drawing. These people that can draw in like 3D and you can like see the ox's body behind the yoke, I don't know how they do it, but I love it. So a farmer would take two oxes, put them together. Normally he would take one weak ox and one strong ox, put them together to help carry stuff, to carry weight, to move stuff from one place to another. Why would he put one little ox or one weak ox as one big ox? So that the little ox, so that the weak ox can learn from and follow and learn to trust the big ox. Does everybody see the comparison here? Jesus says this, take your yoke, take my yoke upon you, me, the yoke, and the Lord. So I was thinking about this week, if I could, could yoke my life with anybody here to help me carry stuff, I think I know who I want it to be. Trent, show that picture. It would be that guy. It would be that guy right there. If I could couple my life, if I could yoke, if I could be in that thing right there with anybody, it would be Hulk Hogan. Amen. Oh, y'all. Uh, okay, maybe I'm the only one. And if so, that's fine. Y'all, he's strong. 24-inch pythons. I saw him beat King Kong Bundy. I saw him beat Andre the Giant. I saw him beat Sergeant Slaughter. I saw him beat the Ultimate Warrior. Tell me he can't do some damage. Thanks, Juan. <laughs> Thanks, Juan. I appreciate you. Here's the deal, though. Check this out. Here's the deal. I hope you know today that as strong as Hulk Hogan is, as much as he could help me carry stuff, as good as he would be to have a rail when you're moving and you're packing boxes and carrying stuff from one place to another, 
Jesus calls us to yoke our lives with his, and he is infinitely stronger than Hulk Hogan. Amen. He is infinitely better. He is infinitely stronger, wiser. He is infinitely more than anything that we can compare or anything that we could yoke our lives to here. Lots of times we want to couple our lives and yoke our lives with somebody else that has power, somebody else that has the ability to do what we can't do. The Lord calls us to connect, to yoke, to get in that contraption right there with Him. Why? Because we're the young, we're the small, we're the weak oxen that needs the help, that needs to learn how to trust and lean on and rely on the Lord to help us carry what we're carrying from place to place to place. Jesus says this, couple your lives with mine because my yoke is easy. Faith's not easy. Amen? We've established that over the last 20 minutes. Faith is not easy, but the yoke is. The yoke's not easy because faith is easy. Faith is hard. The yoke is easy because of the person we're yoked with. Because of the person our lives are coupled with. I hope you know today, if you are a believer in Jesus, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, if you've trusted Him with your salvation and put your faith in Jesus today, when that happens, when you do that, I hope you know that Jesus gives you a little something that lives inside of you. We don't talk about it a lot today for some reason, but we're going to start. When Jesus was uh, crucified and resurrected and then ascended to heaven, he says, I'm going to leave you something. He says, something's coming. You've got a helper on the way. You've got a little something coming. And then you read in Acts chapter 2 when that little something become a big something and the Holy Spirit come down from heaven. And now the word says that Holy Spirit indwells us. We have the spirit of Jesus inside of us. So what Jesus is saying is not only is he beside of us to help us, not only is our lives yoked with him and he's beside of us, the word says that same spirit is also inside of us so not only is jesus beside of us giving you strength he's put strength in you not only is he beside of you giving you help he's put the helper in you not only is he beside of you comforting you and loving you and healing you and giving you guidance and wisdom he has put all of that stuff inside of you so go back to my question 20 20 minutes ago if you don't die tonight and you wake up tomorrow, do you have the power to live victoriously for Jesus? The answer is, when your life is yoked with Jesus, you do. Not because of you, but because of who's beside of you and because of what's inside of you. Amen? When the enemy strikes, it's not your power you fight, it's his. When life gets tough, it's not your power you're fighting with, it's his. When that call comes from the doctor, that's not your power you're fighting with, it's his. When those questions come and uncertainty comes, it's not your power you're fighting with, it's his. 
And Jesus says that my yoke is easy. Secondly, he says that my burden is light. We talked earlier that it's hard to follow the words of Jesus. The whole loving your neighbor stuff, forgiving people when they do us wrong, giving, serving, all that kind of stuff. When we follow the words of the Lord, it's tough. You think Jesus knows it's tough? Of course he does. Of course he does. You think Jesus knows it's outside of your power to follow him? Of course he does. That's why he tells us to couple our lives with him. But then he says that my burden is light. What Jesus is saying there, he's referring to a future verse that is written in John that the um, disciple John wrote in First John when he says this, For the love of God... If you want to know what love is, John says, read this, verse 3, 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. For the love of God that we keep his commandments, we keep his word, we obey what he says, and his commandments are not, what? They're not up there. Are not burdensome. Jesus says, my burden is light. We say, following the word of the Lord is tough. Jesus says, My commands are not burdensome. What's the connection, y'all? How can 1 John say his commands are not burdensome? And how can we have so much struggle and troubles following the ways of the Lord? There's one answer. One answer and one answer only. And that answer is found in the first part of 1 John 5, verse 3. John says, For this is the love of God. It's very easy to tell whether a loved one, whether a friend loves the Lord or not. It's written all over their face. It's written all over their actions. It's written all over their life. John says you love the Lord his commands are not burdensome love of God is not burdensome Jesus says my burden is light you got loved ones in your life today I hope so if not you got me I'm with you that loved one asked you to come over change a tire because they had a flat tire what would you do? Would you do it? Probably. If I called you up at 3 o'clock in the morning, no. <laughs> thanks, Ed. <laughs> thanks, Ed. Here's the deal. When loved ones need us, it's no problem. Does it hurt sometimes? Yeah. Is it inconvenient sometimes? Yeah. yeah. When loved ones need us, it's no problem. The principle's the same here. When we love the Lord, we do what he says. Is it hard for me to love the unloving? Yeah. But is it worth doing because I love the Lord? Yeah. Is it hard for me to serve sometime? 
Is it possible? Yeah, because of my love for the Lord. Is it hard to give sometime? Yeah. Is it possible? Yes, because of your love for the Lord. Is it hard for me to do what Callie wants me to do sometime? No. Yeah. But do we do it? Yes. Why? Because of my love for her. Does she want to do stuff that I ask her to do sometime? No. Does she want to watch a basketball game on TV every Tuesday night? No. Does she do it? More times than not. More times than not. Why? Because she loves me. John is saying, the love of God is obeying commands. Jesus is saying, my burden is light. The commands I have for you, the plan I have for you, the way I want you to live, the things I want you to do is not burdensome. It's not heavy. It's not going to weigh you down. It's not impossible. It is possible because my burden is light. And it's light because of love. My challenge to you today is that you have to answer the question, I have to answer the question, is do we believe it? Do I believe that Jesus is who he said he was, and do I believe that Jesus will do what he said he will do? That's the ultimate question that we have to answer every day in our life. Every morning when you wake up, you decide, I'm coupled with Jesus today. I'm yoked with the Lord today. I'm relying on Him. I'm trusting Him. No matter how good or bad today turns out, I'm tied with Him. No matter how hard it is to follow His Word today, my burden is going to be easy because I love the Lord. We have to decide every day. You have to answer the question every single day of whether you trust him. Do you believe that he is who he said he is and he will do what he said he will do? My prayer for you and I today is that if we find ourselves in a place of hurting, if a place of struggle, we find ourselves in a place of pain, we find ourselves in a place of anguish. We find ourselves in a place of unanswered questions. We find ourselves in uncertainty. My prayer for you and I today is that we find ourselves right here. We find ourselves with our life. Come here. We find ourselves right here connected to the Lord. So that when I fall, he picks me up. You going to pick me up or what you going to do? All right, all right. When she falls, I got I you. Have a dress on. Uh, you don't, just like bend over kind of. Okay. Just, like, just a little bit, just a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. When she falls, her life's coupled with mine. So I come along beside. My prayer for you and I today, thank you. My prayer for you and I today is that we trust him. We trust that he's enough. We trust his word is enough. And we trust that he will take care of all of us 
today. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promise here in Matthew chapter 11. God, we thank you for calling us to you. God, we thank you for you being available to connect our lives together. We thank you for you being available to yoke our lives together, for coupling our lives with you. God, as we said earlier, we need you. We need your power. We need your strength. We need your healing. We need your wisdom. We need your guidance. Lord, we need you today. So God, I pray for my brothers and sisters. God, if we find ourselves in a time of need, God, I pray we'll look to you, that we will couple our lives. When faith gets hard, when difficult situations make it tough, God, help us to know that we have the power of the resurrected Christ living in us. God, help us to know that we have the power to love. Help us to know that we have the power to obey. We have the power to forgive. We have the power to share. We have the power to give and to serve. And it's not our power, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit living in us today. God, thank you today for letting us, for allowing us, to couple our lives with yours. Lord, we love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.